Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the house. You want to get it done? Well, let's get it done. And let's get it done, Rosie Wright. And you do that right here at Rosie on the house. Every Arizona homeowner's happy place. Do your neighborhood a favor. If you've got a newcomer to Arizona, make sure they're aware of Rosie on the house so we can protect, inform, educate, and entertain them as well. We appreciate all the feedback we get all week long at our office and on our website, rosieonthehouse.com. We want you to know wherever you are in Arizona and whatever you're trying to do, don't start and don't touch it until you touch base with us here at Rosie on the House. We are a free information source on how to own a home, maintain a home, and remodel a home in the state of Arizona. You can reach us every Saturday morning by dialing one 767 40 348 and allow us the privilege of putting together our experience for your benefit. Been building and remodeling right here in Arizona since 1972. Wherever you are in Arizona, I've probably been there. Whatever you're trying to get done, I've probably tried it a couple times. Go ahead and give me a ring. Put me to the test. See if you can stump me. one 767 Eight. We'd love to visit with you here this morning. Lots of email came in. Uh, I know lots of email comes in all the time, but when I leave for a week and I come back and I look at my email box, I think, oh, my goodness. How did that happen? <laughs> oh, Lord of mercy. But one that caught my eye in particular, we, we take questions all week long. Actually, we take questions 24 hours a day at Rosie on the House. And I got this inquiry. I'm going to read it to you because any of you with a stucco home need to hear this. It's going to help every one of you that currently live in a stucco home. Listen to this homeowner's question. We have a rough textured stucco on the exterior of our house. We call that a skip trowel, folks. That's just what we call it. Our neighbors had theirs scraped down and redone as a smooth stucco with a synthetic product that was had an integral dyed color they wanted. And we're considering doing the same thing. We're aware of some of the pros and cons, but wanted to know your opinion. Here's an additional problem. This home was painted four years ago with an elastomeric paint. And all the elastomeric paint is delaminating. It's bubbling off the wall. And what impact does that have on our plans? Well, homeowner, I'm sorry to tell you, it has a horrible impact on your plans. And it's exactly the reason I try and encourage people, never paint your house with elastomeric paint. So you've got paint that's delaminated from the stucco and the water gets in behind there and it's going to find two ways out. It's going to find a place that the elastomeric is torn, ripped, shred, or cracked, and it seeps in. Uh, 
And then the sun's going to come out and it's going to warm that outdoor surface. And that outdoor surface, when it's warm, then wicks the moisture out to the surface. Maybe it wicks it out to the surface before it gets all the way down to your weep screen. So now you've got this blister of paint that's coming off the wall filling with water. It looks horrible. So you go out there, you take a razor blade, you cut the bubble loose, and you peel it off. And you think, okay, well, now we'll just repaint it. No, you don't. So this particular homeowner that wants to go from a failing elastomeric paint job on a skip trowel textured stucco house to smooth wall, I couldn't encourage you enough to simply call the Rosie certified stucco expert, Doug, at Stucco Renovations and have them come out and take a look at it because you are going to have to solve the elastomeric problem before you put anything over the top of it. And I'll tell you, um, in the 90s, my company made a respectable amount of money tearing elastomeric, elastomeric paint kind of came onto the market late 80s, early 90s, residential use. And about the middle of the 90s, most of that stuff started failing. It's not applied correctly. It's not put on as thick or in the proper amount of coats that the manufacturer says. I will confess, my company made a respectable amount of money fixing all those problems of all those houses that were elastomeric painted. So don't fall victim to it. Just don't paint your house with elastomeric. Homeowner, you can get the smooth finish on your house. Get Doug out there and let's take a look at what it's really going to take to pull all that elastomeric off first because it's going to have to come off. Uh, Luna wants to know when our 23 home maintenance calendar will be out. It is coming soon. <coughs> we are a little bit behind where we usually are, but we had a couple uh, things that, that uh, you know, just a lot of details to put together. Added a couple more pages this year to give a little bit more history about who Rosie on the house is and how to use the calendar as it's ending up in hands of people that aren't familiar with the program and the broadcast and it was we realized if somebody didn't know the the program or the website or the referral network it was a lot of details to kind of sort of figure out yourself so there's a nice uh the after the cover the first sheet a little bit of history timeline how to use the calendar and then in the back page uh, you know, the back cover is our referral directory and the one above it, you know, if you add a, a page in the front, you got to add a page in the back. So we put links to our top resource guides. We handed a monster amount of them out at the Tucson Home Show. So we thought, well, that'll be a, a great, easy resource. And it's got a QR code. So you can just go to the back of that calendar if you're looking for water treatment or flooring or painting or general contractor selecting. Take your phone out, hit the QR code, and you can have it, the PDF right there, whether you read it on your phone or then, you know, airdrop it to your computer or print it out and, and read it. It's just very fast, easy access. So you don't have to sit down and type out these long URLs and make sure you've got every word spelled correctly and your backslash is all in the right spot and the hyphens between the words. So They're, they're called consumer guides teaching you based on what you're trying to get done at the house, the questions you should be asking 
Um, I, I think it's one of the, one of the most proud things we've accomplished, and I'm really excited to finish building those out. It's going to protect so many homeowners. So look for look for mid-November for that to hit your inbox. If you've requested one in the past, you do not need to re-request one. We send it to that same address year over year until you say you ask us to stop or you call us back and say I'm moving or whatever the case may be. But if you haven't received one by uh, mailbox, just send us, shoot us an email at info at com. the address you'd like us to mail that to, and we'll get you added to the mailing list that will go out here in about the next three weeks. Uh, Tracy wrote in and said, I wanted to make a list of everything your roofer said last week. Uh, how do I find that information? Tracy, we make it so easy. You send an email so there's a chance you were on our website or uh, if you didn't just grab the info at Rosie on the House email that we mentioned. If you're on our website, just go to Homeowner Resources. In the drop-down menu, you'll see radio slash podcast. And scroll down to that broadcast. It was October 22nd, the On the House Hour, the Advantages of Roof Maintenance. Click on it. And once you go inside, we have each of our hours are broken into individual broadcast pages. And inside there, each hour is broken into the four segments. And we put the key talking points of each segment. So as you're scrolling down, you'll see the commentary commentary in segment two uh, about brand, uh, Tyler was talking about list the specific contractor uh, get get a list of what the contractor specifically licensed for, get a warranty from the installer and the manufacturer and the million dollar question I think that's the segment you're looking for <clears throat> then there's a little red rectangle right there, a media player, you can click it and it plays just the audio from that segment too. If you want the entire hour, because Tyler Johnson of Johnson Roofing had a ton of great gyms he did. in that whole hour. He did. Scroll to the bottom and you'll see the entire hour um, in Podbeam form, <clears throat> from Podbeam in its entire form. And if you're doing this on your smartphone or, again, you can click it and airdrop it back to your phone, you can download the app and stream it uh, via via the Podbeam app. Now, we gave her that information. She said, okay, great. I'll have my daughter show me what podcasting is. Well, if you've watched <laughs> or listened to anything on the Internet, it's the same thing. You know, it's just a media player that plays the program. So we record the broadcast live, and it's not called a recorded broadcast at that point. You, it's called a podcast. So it is now, uh, and, and there's a lot of podcasts that aren't first live radio broadcasts. That's all they are, just recorded audio content. But ours is the live radio broadcast repurposed in podcast form. And uh, Podbeam publishes it to Apple Podcast, Podbeam, Spotify, iTunes Alexa, and iHeart so there are numerous different places if you're already using any of those platforms for audio that if you just type in Rosie on the house will be there. I was looking at some of the analytics. We're at over a half a million downloads of our podcast, and we've published over a over a thousand podcasts in our history. And then looking at our top downloads, the number one most downloaded podcast was from May 31st 
2014, and it was with John Eisenhower talking about the Arizona state tree, the palaver. <laughs> so I, I think it has something to do with people looking for Arizona state's tree. But, I mean, that one has over 4,500 downloads, and our next closest one is 1,500 downloads. So That's good. 3,000 downloads above any other broadcast we've had. You know, and another—, another and, an- and that's something else. The longer something's online, the more downloads sure. it'll get. So it's it's been published out there for eight years. So it's had time to, you know, build up in its search history. And the last point I'd make while you were explaining how to find the information on our website, I just went to our homepage. And the search on top. Oh, my gosh. A search engine. I typed in roofing. I mean, <laughs> you could look at every resource we have educating you about roofing, and you would have... you. You, you would have enough information. You could pass the registered contractor's roofing question test. <laughs> Let's go on a quick break. When we come back, we've got uh, a couple calls from uh, Flora, a call from Florence, and a call from Red Rock. <music> Having a beautiful Saturday morning in Arizona, right here at my house, Rosie on the house. We have an event coming up that I'd like to promote that's going to be occurring in the Phoenix metro area. Uh, a particular historic district is having kind of like a neighborhood open house, a home and garden tour. Let's bring Mr. Tom Evans into the conversation. Welcome him, a Windsor Square resident. Mr. Evans, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Good morning to you as well, Rosie. Hey, man. Windsor Square got quite the historic uh, neighborhood right there. Got quite the story on it. Uh, what have you all got coming up here? Uh, well, we're having our biannual home tour on November 6th from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. And uh, it gives folks an opportunity to see about 10 to 12 historic homes that are on the tour. Um, there's a, The homes themselves are featured in many cases. In some cases, you'll actually just be checking out the backyards and gardens, many of which have been extensively and beautifully renovated. Um, and you have some really unique uh, and different homes and a lot of variety in the neighborhood just because of the neighborhood's age and um, kind of the history of how it was built. So it's a really interesting tour. It's very walkable. Um, you know, Winter Square is a neighborhood of about 330 homes. Um, it, it's about half of the city, of, you know, big city blocks. So it's easy to get around. There'll be a lot of other activities as well, including a beer garden and food trucks and vendors. So it's a great way to spend an afternoon. And this is open to the public. What are you going to do with the rush of cars and parking? How do we, how would I, as someone that's really got my curiosity peaked and I want to see these homes and maybe have a cold beer and, and uh, bite off one of the food trucks and walk the neighborhood, what do I have to know about parking? Well, so the neighborhood is in kind of northeast of the intersection of Central and Camelback behind the uh, Uptown Plaza uh, shopping area. So there's some parking in there for you. There's ample parking on the, along the streets of the neighborhood. Um, so you'll be able to find it and get around. And, and uh, sort of the epicenter of activity and where you go to get your um you know, check in and get your wristband and everything is at Second Street and Orange Drive. Um, so there's plenty of parking around it. It's a neighborhood that, you know, is also on parade routes and things like that. So it's easy to get in and out of. This is next weekend. It is next weekend on Sunday. Yes, absolutely. It's coming up quick. And the hours? Um, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, tickets are $18 in advance if you buy them online, and then they're $25 day of. And where would I buy a ticket online? 
Um, I believe the web address is windsorsquarephoenix.com. Um, if you just do a quick Google of Windsor Square, you'd also be able to find it. Um, we've got a pretty good presence on Facebook. Um, and then it, the tickets are available day of, a little bit more money. But um, there's a, those are the options to get tickets. That's fantastic. It's an interesting story. It's a subdivision that was started in the early 20s, went through the Great Depression, had several years of no activity. It was bought out of a bankruptcy situation and a resurgence in the 30s. It's a great, great historic district, very conveniently located. The only thing you won't find in Windsor Square is for sale signs. <laughs> Absolutely. Very rare. But, but y'all are opening the neighborhood up to let others get a peek in and take a look and, and experience it and appreciate it. So we appreciate you taking time this Saturday morning to come on and let the Arizona homeowners know all about it. Open to the public next Saturday, next Sunday, Windsor Square. Tom, thanks a bunch. Absolutely. Thank you very much. We hope uh, to see everybody there. All right. Great job. And I am, we'll make sure that event, if it's not already posted on our community calendar at rosieonthehouse.com, gets posted so people can find that direct link um, as well. $300 a lot. In, the oh, tw- wow. in, in 1921. <laughs> that, you would have a little bit of home equity in that event. Oh, baby. It's posted on our, Facebook that, page, that, our website, too, so you can find that Windsor event. It's already in the event page? It is. Great. All right. Yes, it is. There it is. You scroll down. It's the fourth listing right now. Awesome. Hey, Larry from Red Rock's been on hold a good while. Let's see if we can take Larry on line one. Larry calling from Red Rock, Arizona. How can we help you? Good morning. Good morning. Hey, I have a question on a water pressure regulator. Okay. Uh, we, we recently went through a uh, community-wide uh, water valve replacement. Okay. And we, I had no issues until they replaced the water valve. But now, anytime I open more than one uh, service, for instance, I open i flush a toilet while i have a water running in the sink my uh pressure in the sink goes to almost a dribble okay i tell you what larry hang on i'm i've got about four ideas for you but i'm gonna need to finish answering this question i got a couple more questions for you i want you to hang on we got to go to bottom of the hour news but when we come back you'll be first up we'll finish this i i think i know what we're looking for sharing with y'all earlier <clears throat> I was in Philadelphia all week and I was at a contractors convention where other remodeling companies from all over the country come together and we take a look at each other's performance and we try and decide what we can learn from each other and one of the guys pulled me aside at dinner and he said Rosie I go on Rosie Wright design build remodel site at guild quality satisfaction testing and i find rosie wright is graded 100 percent under the category of expertise 
100% under professional and organized. 100% under the topic of job scheduling. 100% on construction quality, communication, problem resolution, employee and subcontractors. 100% on value, trust, punch list. 100% likely to recommend. That's from dozens of homeowners we are doing remodeling for here in Maricopa County. If you'd like a job done, Rosie Wright, you give us a call at Rosie Wright Remodeling. Here's the number, 480-248-8699. 100% recommendation rate by customers whose homes we've torn up and put back together. Let's get back to Larry and Red Rocket, one 767 4348 That's 1-888-ROSIE for you if you'd like to join the conversation. Uh, he had some plumbing work done recently, and it has created additional issues in his water pressure. So let's uh, pick back up where we uh, kind of had left off. You he, had, lost, he, lost his, he lost his pressure. Larry? I've got a couple questions if, for you. If you open more than one valve at a yeah. time, yes, yeah. I, I lose pressure. Okay. Well, let me ask you this, Larry. Uh, uh, are you aware of any of your neighbors having the same problem? You know, no, I'm not. Okay. And are you on a portable handheld phone right now? I am. Okay. Are you home? I'm not. Oh, rats. Okay. I'm suspicious, Larry, that the water to your house, right there where they put the pressure regulation valve, they've got to turn the water off to the house, either by a lever valve, ballcock valve, or an old clock-style crank valve. I'm guessing that valve did not get turned all the way back on. Or they... Okay, now, there was... they. As my understanding from talking to the installation guy, yep. they isolated the house by turning the water supply off at the meter. Yes. Now, you're telling me they would have also had to uh, turn the water off at the house supply? Well, they may not have if they went out to the meter and turned off, but maybe, maybe that at the meter it's not turned all the way back on. Okay, I have done a valve lineup, and they, uh, they're they using quarter-turn ball valves Good. all the way through. Good. And they all seem to line up correctly. In the, in the open position. In the open position. Okay, before you go home, run by a uh, your neighborhood uh, Ace Hardware store and pick up a pressure valve that you're going to screw to the hose bib right there where the water goes in the house. Did they tell you what the okay. pressure? Are they? Did they tell you what the pressure was set to on the pressure regulator? They did not. Okay, they did not. It's probably something in the neighborhood of about sixty pounds. What I want you to do is that that little gauge that I'm asking you to buy uh, is going to cost you ten or twelve bucks. Get it. Put it on the hose bib. Make sure no water's running anywhere else. No automatic uh, fountain fillers. No automatic swimming pool fillers. Nobody running a bathroom sink, flushing a toilet, taking a shower. No water on. Turn that hose bib on and see, find out what pressure they set you to. See if, in fact, that's what this meter is registering. Okay? And then have somebody in the back of the house turn on a shower. 
and see what it drops down to. You give that information to the installation contractor who did the work, they ought to have enough evidence and information to then start troubleshooting why it is. You ought to be able to maintain the same amount of pressure if the pipe is completely open holding that pressure. Sometimes what happens in your case is the valve doesn't get turned back on and we can't get enough water into the pipe to hold that pressure. We're starving the supply line of, uh, of, of water because it just can't get in there. So check that, Larry. I think uh, you put that valve on it, do a, do a test on it, call the contractor and see if you can't get that resolved. All right. Our weekly to-do is about do-it-yourself landscape projects. Uh, we talk, try and tackle one area of maintenance or do-it-yourself projects around your home, castle, or cabin each week to help stay on top of keeping your home in shape. It's a lot easier to tackle one project a week than uh, four at the end of the month or 52 at the end of the year. Yeah, we're 117 when you get out of the hospital. <laughs> I'm still not caught up. <laughs> So landscape is one that is a lot of people try and tackle themselves, and you know it, it's a great one, especially this time of year where it's outside and it's nice, and there's a lot of great local nurseries and landscape retail places throughout the throughout the state that you can go and get your supplies, your materials, and everything for building it. But doing it right and accounting for the infrastructure is always. Uh, so easy to skip past, run past, overlook, um, but done right. How, how did you research? You know, you've got a pretty extensive piece of property with, uh, I don't know, 60-some trees and some horse stables and corrals and some other uh, a garden and lawn area and all of that. How did you research how to install your irrigation system? Um, how did you know what what valves, what size lines to put in? Who did you use as a trusted advisor on that? Well, I, what I did, I wouldn't recommend doing again. So <laughs> okay, we won't, all right. We won't linger on that. Um, the, the drip irrigation systems, you know, I'm, I'm sure they work in some applications. If you live with a, an enclosed block wall in the backyard with no animals, um, that would you could probably Bur get away with it. Burrowing, but. chewing animals in particular? Yeah, or just Diggers, scratchers, okay. everything. Um, so you wouldn't go with a low-pressure drip. You'd run PVC. Um, there's PVC. There's also something that's in between PVC and drip irrigation. Um, I can't remember what it's called. No. Uh, Aaron from Core Landscape was talking about it That's the last right. a couple months ago and i i haven't looked into that yet but he says it's not as expensive as pvc but it's just as good for drip irrigation oh nice and you don't have that um the issue with the spaghetti lines i mean it's just it's just a constant maintenance headache and nightmare okay all right. Well, that's good for that's good for homeowners to know because that's a product that's very readily available in all the big box stores that they very well could be go out and chasing parts for. But when your trench is open, burying your lines, <laughs> you know, go ahead and set it as as far depth as you can. And even if you don't think you're going to use it, run low voltage lighting lines in it, and then and then your water the, lines on top. The trench is open. Yeah. <laughs> and and at that point, it's so. Uh, and 
the grand scheme of things, so cheap to just lay it in there and have a couple stub outs here and there that you could come back and utilize later in the um, in, in your build out. But, you know, not taking advantage of putting as much infrastructure in the trench as you can. By the time you realize you need it, you've probably got your hard cover done, your granites on top, or <clears throat> your, your paver, paver patio. <laughs> it, it, it becomes super expensive to tear it up and put more infrastructure line in than than not. So when your when your trench is open, put as much infrastructure as you can, and even uh, you know consider where you would put a gas fireplace and pipe in a gas line, even yeah. if you don't have a gas. <clears throat> service or where quite where you're going to put the gas tank you could stub a line to you know the back corner of your house where it's probably going to you would put a tank anyway and it would just be there the article we have posted is to diy or not to diy do it yourself or not do it yourself and i want to thank Chris Wellborn of Vicente Landscaping, Rosie Certified Landscaper up in Yavapai County, who contributed a lot of information about this particular article. And in my personal experience, uh, sprinkler systems done by homeowners are generally done wrong. They, they're not aware of how you calculate the gallons. You've got to pre-plan your plant so you know how many gallons that particular plant needs. You need to know what size line to put in. You need to know what size emitter. Is it a one gallon an hour emitter or a half a gallon an hour? emitter lots of planning goes into the irrigation system needs to be done right and then people try and tackle pavers and dry stack retaining walls on their own and i will tell you this from personal experience uh, the retaining walls are much easier to get right for a do-it-yourselfer than pavers you may be under the impression that for pavers all you need to do is get out there and level an area real level and start stacking pavers and that's the last that that's just not true setting pavers interlocking concrete pavers in a way that looks really good in a way that's going to hold up takes quite a bit of work now i've i've, I've said this before it's one of those things if you don't mind it's mind over matter and if you don't mind digging out Eight inches of dirt, being on your hands and knees, bent over, moving these interlocking pavers side by side, in, raking in a bunch of sand. If you don't mind that kind of back-breaking, kneel-down type work, then it really doesn't matter. But, please, the interlocking concrete paver industry has a certification that they have the landscapers go through to make sure they're doing it and doing it right. It is not about just laying pavers on top of dirt. It's a lot more work than that to have a system that's going to last as long as you want it to last. The dry stack retaining walls, if you're just running up 18, 24 inches tall, you don't need a permit for it. And to me, that's a much more friendly do-it-yourself project. If you can read a level and know how to operate a shovel, you can do it. And a look that I really like is the Gabion walls. You know, that yeah. it's a steel frame that you then backfill with rock and complete the top. And there's some really, really cool rocks that come out of different quarries throughout Arizona that have a lot of real rich red colors. Um, or you could just gather, you know, your local river rock. I'm not, I mean, you can't just go out and pull it out, but something that's really native to uh, 
whatever part of the desert you're in. But that that one, that Davian style wall, uh, there's something about that that I just really, really enjoy. Even the steel work that holds it together can be done in a very artistic fashion. It, and it can look really, really. It, it looks indigenous. It looks natural. It, it can be a very handsome look. It can. And one thing I really like about our article, we get into a section about soil preparation, because regardless of what you're going to be landscaping, um, planting trees, shrubs, gardens, lawn, all of it needs soil prep. And throughout the entire article, but especially the soil preparation, we've got additional links to previous broadcasts and articles that we've done on composting and then special soil correct. Request for vegetables, and uh, it's this one article. Should I really do these landscape DIY projects myself? Has about fifty links in it to other resources we've done over the thirty years of broadcasting. That three hours went fast. The first hour we had Donna D. Francesco in from Water Use It Wisely talking about book reviews for landscape and gardening. And we talked about the levels in Lake Mead. And I didn't want to bring this up during her hour, but I've been sitting on this. Uh, We've got another body remain discovered oh, no. October 27th in Lake Mead as it continues oh, to, to lower. Uh, this is, let's see, May 1st, 7th, July 25th, August 6th, August 15th, and now October 27th. So that's the sixth discovery. And you know what's interesting? I see that and think, I'm surprised there's not more. Yeah. I mean, not, not all of them being... Um, Vicious, mm-hmm. like uh, you know, the one where there was like the yeah, body was stuffed in a barrel and everything. Right. But just the <laughs> amount of people that are on that lake and the vacations and the incidences that happen, I'm I'm surprised that there isn't more as big as that lake is. <laughs> as and, many people are on it. it, it yeah. Mm. Well, I found a new author this this morning. Okay, oh, and, and just real okay. quick before that, um, the City of Phoenix is holding town hall discussions on Colorado River Supply. So if you are a City of Phoenix resident, you can uh, attend these. The next one's November 23rd at the Longview Neighborhood Recreation Phoenix Declared Stage 1 Water Alert. And it's town hall meetings talking about where and when they're going to cut back. And Donna was even mentioning they were in Vegas for a conference where they're talking about just eliminating every possible blade of grass that's not being used. They were saying even at parks along the sidewalks, you know, the first 20, 30 feet where people don't really use the grass along the parkway, turning that into hardscape or just killing off the grass and having the park in the middle. So... There, if you've got an idea that you want to voice to the city of Phoenix, there's you know six more meetings coming up that you can just look for. Um, city of Phoenix Town Hall, Colorado River, and it'll you'll find the list. Every little bit helps. Every big bit too. Well, my takeaway from that hour was I got myself the name of a landscape architect that's going to develop our next piece of property with indigenous edible plants. 
Well, how fun is that? Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I got that takeaway out of the 8 o'clock hour. The 9 o'clock hour, one takeaway I'd like all you homeowners to take away is if you're ever in Philadelphia, you've got to go to the National Constitution Center and tour that museum. It's worth a trip to Philadelphia. I know that doesn't have anything to do with home ownership, but I was there this week. I was I was overwhelmed. I could have stayed there hours longer than I did. The National Constitution Center in Philadelphia. It's right there at Independence Hall, Liberty Bell, the site of Ben Franklin's house is right there in the community as well as where George Washington once lived while they were all convening in Philadelphia. Uh, that's my nine takeaway. It's, it's impressive. That'd be pretty interesting. And in the 10 o'clock hour, I got to say, I want y'all all to know about the Windsor Square Home and Garden Tour coming up next Sunday. Open to the public. Uh, you can find it on the event page at rosieonthehouse.com. We had Mr. Tom Evans on to invite you all there. Go take a look at it. Like I say, the only thing you won't find at Windsor Square is a for sale sign. Once they're in there, they stay put. We had talked about the calendar. Someone was asking when is yes. 24 coming out. And it's always, I don't like constantly talking about it because I just don't think that's for the listener. You know, why would you want to hear somebody talking about it over and over and over and over again? But it cracks me up every time we talk about it, the number of signups we get. So mm -hmm. it's... <clears throat> Um, there's a couple ways to get it. You can just send us an email at info at com, the address you want it mailed to. But if you go to our e-store as well, you could order it there. It's for $0, but it makes sure that your address is entered correctly. Yeah. And that's a benefit we do like because we do get some people, I never got a calendar. What's your name? And we look it up and they type their address wrong, you know gotten their numbers backwards or, you know, letters backwards in their street names. So, you know, you can help Shopify will help verify that as you're checking out. So there's a couple ways. And like I said, it's not that we, it, it, there's no cost to it. It just captures a perfect, uh, perfect address to make sure we do get that distributed. So look for that ahead of Thanksgiving. And one of the things that's in it, we didn't uh, mention when we were talking about it earlier today is our partners have special offers that they uh, put in there. They might be clearing out an old inventory of products that have stacked up over the years. Right now in October, uh, Pella is offering $500 off qualifying projects. As an example, so if you've got window and door shopping uh, packages on your to-do, make sure you grab that out of uh, the calendar when you go call your Pella rep out. And I think we got everybody a good start on their holiday shopping. Gave you some good book reviews during that 8 o'clock hour. And Greg Starr, Cool Plants for Hot Gardens, is a great resource book for someone you love who wants to get out and work in their yard, make a beautiful landscape. Wrapping up another three hours of our 34-year-old broadcast here at Rosie on the House. Just know we'll be back next Saturday for another three hours. And you can always find answers to any questions you have about your Arizona house, home, castle, or cabin at our website, rosieonthehouse.com. Hey, y'all have a great week. I'm going to have a great week. And we'll visit again next Saturday morning.